Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to the Tin Steak, episode 70. Take two. Yeah, this is going to be a, a less interesting introduction. We just had a really just riveting description of our local weather. I feel like there's a strong sense of sarcasm behind that when I was really trying to say how life-changing it is when the weather gets cool around here. Why does it get life-changing? Because you can be outside at any time of day. And when you have a toddler and who wants to just play in the dirt, we literally played in the dirt for an hour this afternoon. And we could not have done that when it was 40 degrees warmer two weeks ago. I think we can all agree that 110 is unacceptable behavior from the planet. Exactly. But I will say I would like it to be even colder. I just want to file that on the record. Teach their own. I want to be able to wear my jacket and not get hot at any point during the day. That's my dream. We live in the wrong place for that. I know. There's many places where that could be true. Not here. All right. There's your second attempt at a weather update. (laughs) What are we talking about today, Rachel? We are talking about a quote that I came across. So I came across this quote from a newsletter that I subscribe to. Love newsletters. That is written by Ashley Gad, who is the founder of Coffee and Crumbs, which we've talked about on this podcast before. Right. And this particular essay actually was not written by her. She was on sabbatical when this was written. So her friend Stephanie wrote it. But her main essay kind of centers around this quote that just really struck me. And the quote is, was this parenthood that every second of joy would be atomically split with fear. And that quote is from, you're going to say the author's name because you're <laughs> going to know it better. <laughs> An Irish author, Sinead Gleason, in her memoir, Constellations. And maybe I'll say it one more time. Was this parenthood that every second of joy would be atomically split with fear? And something about that, reading that just was like one of those moments where someone has captured perfectly how you feel in words that you could probably never have articulated before. For me, I don't know what the experience was like for you reading that. You resonated with it, obviously, enough to think that we should have a conversation about it. Well, I think I was very curious about its resonance with you because you and I keep a shared note of topics and you put this in there and I'm very curious about why it stands out to you. And yeah, it resonated enough that you were like, we could have a podcast episode about this. So maybe, yeah, what chords did it strike with you? Was it just like, this is exactly my experience? Or yeah, tell me more. Yeah, I think just having Oliver and having him grow up and the experience of getting to know him more and really in some sense fall more and more in love with like this person he is and is becoming and all of these things. I think the more you love, I mean, um, honestly, almost anything or anyone in my experience, like the willingness to expand your love for someone is also always inviting a level of fear of losing them or having that taken away or change in some fundamental way. And so I've definitely noticed that with Oliver, like really starting to figure out who he is, his personality, like the more I know that, the I think more I have to do to keep the fear of what the future holds for him at bay. Yeah. 
if that makes sense. It makes total sense. I'm really interested. Like you took the conversation to love and fear. And the quote though is that every second of joy would be atomically split with fear, which is perfectly appropriate to talk about love and fear. I think you're right. Like the more you love something, the more there is to lose. Like there's kind of an implicit risk. Maybe I like the joy and fear being like placed together. I wonder what you think about that. Yeah, I think the joy can highlight or grow the love for me. So Mm -hmm. you hear Oliver like really deep belly laugh and that is like joy and it is like discovering like this pure like new beauty in the world that you did not know existed and so it's like the moment you discover it you're like wow this is incredible i didn't know this existed this type of joy yeah and at the same time like a second later you realize like now i know a world in which that joy exists and if it didn't like how heartbreaking would that be does that really is that really like your experience like a second later like you might be reflecting on the loss of that moment i mean not every day every second but definitely moments that's a very easy image for me to relate to yeah that's fascinating i think part of my reaction to the quote was i think there's a healthy recognition of the anxiety that parents carry i think that can be a real thing and we ought to like not dismiss that as irrelevant to the parenting experience or to our experience. I think it's very true. But also I was like, there's a part of me that wanted to say, no, that's not parenting. Like that is some kind of parenting that's accepted an anxious baseline that is not by definition parenting. Like like having every moment of joy tainted <laughs> by an experience of, but what if I lose this? I mean, I don't even know how, how exactly that that remains joy (laughs) you know what i mean yeah i mean these are just our personality differences like that's not specific to motherhood for me Mm, say more like there's lots of life that like in really joyful moments it's both wonderful and i can also think what what if i lose this like I mean, this is why <laughs> counseling is a very helpful thing. <laughs> if we had sponsors, this is when we would talk about them. <laughs> Better help. But, and I, I mean, I think you do, like, you have to do work so that it doesn't become this thing that taints joy all the time, that you're just not always living in anticipatory grief or fear or anxiety. But that is something that I think I carry just as my personality and as an individual and have definitely brought into motherhood as well parenthood as well yeah and choosing to introduce someone else into that circle by having a kid (laughs) was like no small task i think for me Mm. and my heart which is why it was good to do counseling before and after having Mm. oliver and i think continually have those resources available Mm. because i think it is easy in my most unhealthy moments to slide back into that and i think there's a way in which it just like yeah that is part of loving something so fully and deeply and then there's a part where it can be an unhealthy obsession of what if and that's yes no way to ultimately live each day yeah okay Uh, your description is helpful to me because i think i read the quote and the quote almost in his lyricism that every second of joy would be atomically split with fear 
like almost in how lyrical it is, it makes me think the person is holding this up as the model of parenthood. Ah. And what I hear you saying is this is an observation that is true of an experience, but it's not necessarily the healthiest experience because you've named like like doing doing work yeah. so that fear isn't the constant punctuation of every moment of joy. That yeah. makes more sense to me. I think I was kind of reading it a little bit more as like, well, this is just what parenthood is. And so like, oh, interesting. like you kind of have to accept it. Yeah, I find it less like the ideal of parenthood or mm. whatever as more of like the sacrifice of parenthood. Oh, yeah. For me, at least, That's is saying like I'm willing to love and get to know this other person at risk of potentially being like it a, being a vulnerable thing, you know? Yeah, I was thinking about that too, like what it means. Like what does accepting risk mean? And this feels very relevant to like some COVID discussions we've had in the past, but it's more than just COVID, obviously. Like even today, as Rachel mentioned last episode, our backyard is being redone. So there's now a retaining wall in that Oliver loves to walk along. And the heights are high enough that he would hurt himself, could hurt himself, depending how he fell. Like probably not horribly, but like a bruise or two. He'd get pretty hurt if he fell down like a full height. And yet he just loves walking it. And so like part of it, as a parent, you are watching and you're like, oh man, if he trips and falls the wrong way, like our evening could get very interesting. And so how do I work through the process of accepting risk? Do do I just land on, I'm going to be fearful in every moment? Or do I have to make some kind of peace in accepting risk and say, like, I will just navigate what comes because the good, the delight of what he's getting out of this is worth it. And maybe maybe that is a personality thing as well. Like I feel I'm probably more like a Vulcan-like once you make the decision, it's like, okay, I've made a decision. I've thought through what the consequences could be and now we just move on. Uh, <laughs> Does that seem an accurate description uh, of me? I don't know. It's hard to imagine anyone feeling differently than I do. Like if... <laughs> no. Yeah, no. But it just like this. Yeah, it feels so real to me that it's like, oh, you're not experiencing the same thing. So in the same like level, obviously, I know you understand, but I do understand. I think I have moments and they they revolve around like extremes, like honestly, like I mean, to be really candid and maybe a little raw, like they revolve around death and loss. Like, like I will have moments where I'll be like, if Oliver died. Like, what would our family, like, what would that experience be like? But those are, that experience is not punctuating my day-to-day life. It's sort of an occasional grappling with mortality, his mortality, my mortality, and often flowing out of, like, we know kind of through extended circles, like, a 19-year-old girl and a 22-year-old guy who have passed away like within the last three months in just tragic tragic ways one from illness and one from an accident and like i definitely when you hear those kinds of experiences i think there is like that moment of like there's no difference fundamentally in those people but i do like it's like they is part of digesting those experiences to process those things but it's not just like Oliver's belly laugh makes me think, well, what if, what if I never heard this again? Like, I don't have that reaction. Sure. Yeah. And I'm not saying I don't have that every time, but I do think, 
yeah, there's parts of like heightened joy also makes me wonder. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I think there is a piece that is just like we signed up knowing that life is full of really deep grief and sorrow and like as well as hope and joy and we you know that is part of i think where our faith comes in that we say like ultimately we believe those things will conquer everything else whether this life or beyond and so like we signed up to like bring someone into that world and knowing that we will do relationship with them no matter what comes like that's what we said when we got married as well and i think that's like vows that we made just in choosing to have all of her in our lives hmm. so i yeah i hear what you're saying that you just in some sense you accept that you're here to do it like knowing that it's not perfect and in your control but at the same time i think there is always still some worry or anxiety about how close that gets, you know? Yeah. I, I do think just to maybe nuance <laughs> a little bit, like like when I think about our experience through COVID, one of the questions I had is this, do we feel this or do you feel this more acutely because he was born in June of 2020? But when I think about our experience in COVID where risks felt heightened and so joys of like introducing him to someone or someone holding him was also paired with could he be getting a virus? Like, I think this quote would have resonated with me more deeply. Mm. You know, it's sort of like when the when kind of the dark at the door was very obvious. Yeah. And like when the like in that case, it felt feel like the risks and the joys like they are two sides of one coin if that makes sense, like, as opposed to, like, the joy of a belly laugh that isn't associated with any particular risk, but the joy of our parents holding him, er, like, early in COVID, and when he was very little, felt, like, carried with it, like, some fear of what this could mean health-wise. Yeah, it's just so interesting. Like, that, I feel like that never phased me as much as it phased you. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, yeah, those are just personality things. So interesting. I'm like, huh, yeah, okay. (laughs) So, like, for me, I recognize that part of my disagreement with the quote or wanting to push back on it also flows from the fact that Oliver is overall healthy, like, is not immunocompromised. Like, Like, the things that bring us joy with him and the things that bring him joy are not deeply risk associated. So, for me, I'm like, well, okay, I can accept like those level of risk but when the risks felt higher i would have felt this more whereas this is like your baseline that you're pushing against i'm just like life is so unpredictable i just never it never feels like like i can just like lean into like 100 percent security would you describe yourself as like a pessimist I mean, it's sounding like <laughs> no but i wouldn't describe you that way no i just well, I think I always hold the potential for, like, yeah, I have to work to, like, really lean into things and not let those things stop me from, yeah, leaning into life and living life as it is in this moment. So, 
and again, I don't feel like I'm in an unhealthy place. I don't. No. I'm not like lying awake every night worrying about Oliver. But this quote was, yeah, again, it just kind of encapsulated like that feeling that when I do have it, like, oh, yeah, that's it. And that's a reality that I deal with as a mom. Well, thanks. I don't think we have conclusions from this conversation, but I find it very illuminating and really fascinating to hear your perspective that it's just, I mean, we've been married however many years now, and I, I couldn't have described that this is your experience of life, let alone parenting. So it's fascinating. I really want to solicit mail Almost from listeners, one. yeah, right? Like, and it doesn't have to be from parents. I know there's people who aren't parents who listen but like yeah i'm i'm saying it's not yeah yeah, yeah no exactly <laughs> exactly like i'm curious about people's experience whether this idea of every second of joy being atomically split with fear resonates or not wow thanks rachel i hope you enjoyed this i did <laughs> i did it was fascinating very uh exposing but that's good that's what we're here to do do you have any other stuff i feel like we just need to leave it at that Unless, no other stuff? Unless you have something you really... I mean, I do have something I could do. You want me to do it really quick? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. We. I think everyone needs, like, you need a little palate cleanser. Like, that was kind of intense. <laughs> yeah. I talked about death. So, like, we need at least some other stuff. Okay. My Quite quickly, yeah. other stuff is a recommendation of a podcast called The Daily, which is put on by the New York Times. It's like a, I don't know, 15 to 30 minute daily podcast i don't listen to all of them but i find it really interesting they dive deep into some sort of news topic that is relevant i just listened to one about how california has made this promise to by 2035 only sell new electric only sell new vehicles that are electric and it was super fascinating all the implications that has and the challenges and benefits that that would have anyway i just think it's really interesting and very applicable to like real things that are happening in life and i found it very illuminating great i would recommend it never listen to it but i tell I you about it all the time <laughs> well i do get a pretty good report from you you do a good job of telling me the most interesting ones that you've listened to my other stuff is simply that i somewhat surprisingly or maybe not surprisingly love the idea of feeling like a mock construction foreman we've our backyard is fully underway and I could just stand out there and look and watch, not even watch the workers, to be honest, watch the people doing the work, although I find that pretty fascinating. But just at the end of the day, I just want to sit out there and survey it and just look at it and try to work out what this trench is for. And I don't know what that's triggering inside of me. I might need to go to counseling to work it out, but I really enjoy it. You're, it is bringing out an energy in you I was not quite prepared for. <laughs> Well, maybe that's a future podcast. <laughs> All right. Episode 70. Wow. Great Woo stuff. Woo-wee wackadoodle. Woo-wee wackadoodle. It's going to be like our new catchphrase. <laughs> Till next time. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that is your Dim State. For those who don't know, which is everyone, <laughs> except you. <laughs> What a weird thing to say. I'm sorry. Uh, we have a shared note that we have keep. <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me so. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I feel like this is good audio, but I don't know what to do with it.